This week on Invasion of the Podcast, news gets a little stabby. And we ask the question, are there too many superhero shows on TV? And Paul and I go on pop culture speed dating for Valentine's Day. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. I know I just said there's too many superhero shows on TV, but Dark Hawk needs to be a TV show, Stedman. <laughs> and to my left, it is uh, Joe. They need to make a live-action Street Fighter. That's not really a comic, but TV show. Didn't Peters. Have- there was an animated one. Well, no, wasn't there other... Uh, no, no, I'm thinking of the Legend of Chun-Li. Well, that was the movie. Yeah, they yeah. were trying to. Th- I feel th- like that should have been a TV show. There was the what was it? they were trying to follow like the X Men Origins thing, where it's like we're going to give each hero their own origin story, and then oh by the way, that first one shit. Well, I guess we're not doing that again. Yeah, because it wasn't that the whole thing that you had Wolverine, and then it didn't do so hot, and then the one was after that was supposed to be Magneto, and that morphed into First Class. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't know that, but yeah. that that makes sense that they were like X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know why I was talking about superhero shows and I just went to Street Fighter. I'm like, but yeah. Joe likes Street Fighter. So I just thought I'd just mention yeah. the Street Fighters. Who does it like Street Fighter? Um, all right. So yeah, a little late this week recording, uh, various reasons. Uh, but I will <laughs> to tell real quick this morning, I had mentioned to Joe that I had to pull apart my, our entire studio here. Uh, and I say studio with, the, the, with quotes around it cause it's just a small room. Uh, cause my computer that I record with was having problems with the monitor, not recognizing or something that was stupid. So I did something I don't normally do, uh, which is open up my tower because I don't know much about computers other than I press a button and it makes magic happen. That's about all. And I guess what I had to do was reseat my video card and I took it out. This thing, I've not taken this video card out of this machine since I've, since I've gotten it. So it's six, seven years worth of whatever. So I blew off all the dust. We had to reseat it, screwed it all back in. Problem is though, when I went to go click in the, the, whatever the tab is to plug back in the video card, I wasn't sure which way the tabs went. So it's dark in here, so I was trying to get the light on. Still not enough light. I'm like, I just need a small light source. My phone was in the other room, so what did I grab? A sonic screwdriver. It was just putting it in the towers to see. Nice. And so, because I just needed to see the light, so I clicked it back in. Everything worked fine. I'm not saying the sonic screwdriver fixed the tower, but I'm also saying I had to use it to make it work. <laughs> so I thought That's that was perfect. actually... That's yeah. perfect, though. You just like... Yeah, it was funny because I was like, I was like, well, all right, because I was actually like looking at it. I'm like, well, that makes sense then. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, so no, I thought that was cool. Thought that was funny. Um, also, uh, another reason. I just we've been busy. Like I like I, I know a lot of things have been going on. I Joe and I have dove back into the World of Warcraft. Oh I, no! I, <laughs> the reason he's tired and I'm tired is because I'm burning the candle at both ends playing that that silly silly game. But uh, Joe has a friend that's starting to start the game from fresh. Yeah. And not to talk about mechanics, but this guy, we're trying to teach him all about the world of Warcraft. That's a 10-year-old a game. It's hard not because of the person, but it because no, of no. the game content. Like, and it, It's funny because like, I hate being like that, that old fuddy-duddy player where I'm just like, back in my day, we had to walk our asses to the front of the dungeon with everyone. <laughs> you couldn't just like 
queue up for a dungeon in the middle of nowhere and they get pulled into the dungeon you know it's like stuff like that so well it's just funny because i like the only thing i could think of is like if you if you live out of state and like you're bringing your your girlfriend home to meet your family for the first time so you're bringing them to your hometown you're like oh that didn't used to be there right. that's there now oh this all used to be different yeah and the person beside you is like I've never been here before. I don't care about what you're saying. Can we just get right. to where we need to go? And that's how I feel like as we're playing. I'm like, oh, well, that's different. You don't yeah. have to worry about that. It's very much, it's like driving in a car really, really fast. And you're trying to point yeah. out landmarks as you go. And it's, there's this whiplash because like, because you guys are also leveling super fast because of the referrer friend yeah, the, that Blizzard set the, up. The extra XP. And it's funny because when we got to Outland, which did, which the Burning Crusade, which was the first expansion came out. God, 2007, yeah. 2007, and we literally went from level 60 to 70 in like a day and a half, maybe, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, just so you know, we missed a ton of stuff, and I was like, back in the day, like, what we just did kind of like took me about six to eight months. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like sitting in perspective, I'm like... I remember all this, but like I don't remember going past it this fast. Like I remember having to do like Setha calls like so many times and things like that. Yeah, and monotombs so many times, and it was just kind of like really weird. Where I'm just like, okay, we're done now. It, yeah, it, it's two o'clock. Like <laughs> it, it, it's it's like like um and another analogy is like going to an amusement park and being like, oh, like Cedar Point, like oh, there's the Blue Streak that used to be the second tallest roller coaster in Ohio when it first came out. Oh, look, now there's the Millennium Force. It's like you just yeah. run right by all the older stuff it's like yeah yeah it's still there it's cool it's cool we're going to go to the new thing right and it's 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 been interesting because it's like you realize that you're about to say something that is relevant to the situation but you have to explain six different things before that and it's like what can you do to distill what you need to say to this new player that's trying to get to the end of the game well i, th I think and the community also doesn't help no um and it, I, I hate to say it i mean if you guys are out there listening and you're a wild player i apologize it's your fault no, <laughs> but it, it's just like we have had a couple groups where people were patient, but there's there's been a lot of times when people get together and they're just like, don't care. Let's go. You should know all this. It's like, you know what? Like, yes, new people for filter into the game every once in a while. And it's just it's very frustrating because like there's been a lot of groups that we've gotten kicked out of because it's like they're like, you're going the wrong way. doesn't know what you're you know, you don't know what you're doing. And then everybody votes to kick you out. Yeah. So. I almost wish that they'd give you like a student driver flag that you could have. Yeah. Above your that's character. a great idea. They have they have a advanced driver flag for when you queue. Like you could click and say you're an experienced player and you can like direct the. Yeah. There should the be an, an experienced player thing. So it's yeah. like like you have like a teddy bear following you around the entire time or something. Or just like, something you know, like over your head. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Please, I, I please don't advise. I yeah. don't know that I should go talk to this person before we start this or I I should not stand over here in this 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 red pool of water. I, I've never. Yeah, I was gonna say I I don't understand how fire burns me and why I'm standing in it right now. Right. You know? Well, no, not even though there's not fire. There's like weird things. Like I remember that that one, like because there's things I haven't done. We did that one uh, dungeon in Mr. Pandaren where it's like everybody gets drunk and they can't use their abilities. Yeah. And I'm like this. I don't know what to do. Yeah, and, and I mean not to like said so this isn't a wildcast because I mean we could do that. I just uh, <laughs> I didn't want to like it's just but it's just more interesting because I just want to say because I've realistically have not stopped playing the game since you got me started i mean there's been a few times where i've been unsubbed but it's but i've played the, the expansions when they're current yeah. and then you've been out for a while so now you're starting to get to the point of there's gaps in your knowledge 
change because you just weren't around for that stuff. Yeah. And it's like, you're like, I don't even know where I'm going, let alone what happens next. And we're also trying to bring along a new guy with us too. So it's like, it's like, like homeward bound, the incredible journey. Like we're just like a dog, a cat and a rabbit just trying to get all the way back home. Hopefully in one right, piece. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. I feel, I've, yeah, I feel Man, bad. I used to use like three different analogies to describe all that. That's yeah. pretty crazy. Anyway. But no, it's, it's, it's fun to get back into it. I don't know how long it'll last, you know? Yeah. It's um, got my hooks back in me. I'm like, I could play another character. And I, I just, I, Man, I feel like yeah. it's one of those things where it's like it'll once the itch is kind of scratched, I'll just be like, oh, I'll come back some other time. Yeah, but um, so I guess <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do we can get to news, but I just wanted to mention me fixing my computer with power of my Sonic, and then just our adventures <laughs> in a while, real quick. Good news, everyone. So we actually have. One piece of good news, and then two pieces of not so good news. So we wanted to say the yeah, good man, news first. Yeah, man, we need to we need to just get a real, actually a bad news. Hooray! Hooray! Denied. Yeah, uh, there's got to be there's got to be an audio clip of Farnsworth out there saying bad news. You probably. We should yeah. probably just dif- differentiate those two whenever we start the news now. Uh, so I guess like I guess we'll start with the bad news first, and do you okay, want, well, like, well yeah, we'll do the bad news first then. Uh, so this we're recording this on Saturday, Friday box office is in. So from Thursday evening to Friday, um, this is Valentine's Day weekend technically, even though I guess you could say next weekend could be too. I don't know. It's weird. It falls in, during the week. Um, so your your big competition this weekend for movie dollars is the Lego Batman movie, which I will see hands down without a question. Oh yeah, I got to go um, see that too. John Wick Chapter Two. Uh, which I want to see that as Going well. To see that yeah. as well. And then Fifty Shades Darker, the sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey, um, and it is it's destroying the other two movies right now. And that just it. I understand um, that we're fans and we talk about things and we love them and we enjoy things. But this is one of those times where it's like you're kidding me, really. But then you 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 split the the block box office right, so you got three competitors. But then this is the this is the date movie. This is the Valentine's Day movie, yeah. and it's like and and everything I've read about it. This is just a shit show of a film. But for some reason, everyone's like, "Ooh, sexy times!" It's like, do you not have Cinemax at home? I kinda, do you not have? Well, like, I I feel like the allure, and I've never read or seen any Fifty Shades of anything that was like R rated. Um, but like the the books, you know, obviously had their allure. But then, like this whole date movie thing during Valentine's Day, I feel like a lot of people. Just go do it to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's something to do. It's like, oh well, what could we what could we do for a date night thing for Valentine's Day? It's like, oh well, we can go see the Fifty Shades movie, even though we know it's terrible, but it's the thing to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's why I feel like the counter um, the counter offering sometimes where they call them a counter programming, like uh, what was it two years ago? Kingsman came out, and that was a surprise hit, and that was out during Valentine's Day weekend because uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character's name was Valentine. If you remember. That was kind of the whole whole joke there. I don't know why that they did that, but like that was a good choice. John Wick came out around the same time last year or the year before. I can't remember when it came out. Um, I just I feel like John Wick is much more a a, a uh, uncertain franchise. Not that you need to make seven thousand John Wick movies, but everything also saying that this sequel is actually pretty damn good. Yeah. Well, and the, the cool thing about what I've re- what I've read about it is they 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 compound on more of the mythology of of the world that he's in. And I think that's what makes, I mean, other than John wick being a stellar revenge movie with a lot of, with good action, 
they do a really good job of creating characters and making you curious. Like, you know, I think we've talked about it before. Like, I love the, the concept of the Continental, like yeah. the, the Assassin's Hotel. Like Sanctuary. There's like a Sanctuary. Yeah. And it's it's very upper high society, but everything's paid with gold coins. And, you know, you don't use credit cards or money. It's very kind of like, like very mysterious, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and even even some of the other characters, like Willem Dafoe's <clears throat> character, you know, uh, was, was kind of interesting. But uh, I guess the second movie, they, they compound on it more, which makes it fun. It's, all, it's another world-building thing. Like, you know, you can get any type of action movie, but, like, when you start to have, like, these, these different characters that, that are um, kind of like Kill Bill. Like, I, I feel like John, like, I haven't really enjoyed a movie like this since Kill Bill. Uh, where you have like a unique cast of characters, you know, like the bride would go, and you know you had the the snake assassin crew, and then she goes and fights Lucy Liu, and there's the the crazy eighty eights. It's like that's the kind of stuff that's in John Wick. Yeah, that that's fair. I was gonna say like this caught me. Like I watched it after everyone said it was a good flick, so mm-hmm. I was expecting it to be, but my my expectation was still a little low, and yeah. I came out being like, this is awesome. I think that's what happens like, with everybody, and like I, I remember uh, one of my buddies sold it on me because of the beginning scene with uh john leguizamo trying to explain to the mob boss that like you did what you did what <laughs> like yeah like that so and then uh did you see the honest trailers for john wick i i don't watch a lot of honest trailers well you know how they changed the name of the movie at the end where it's kind of like the joke about like what it actually is uh-uh. Well, so they they go through the Oz trailers of John Wick, and it's at the very end. It's like a dog's purpose, and I was like, "Oh, that's a much better name for that movie." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I it just I hope it does well enough to where uh, if if the story warrants a sequel for a third one that's interesting and still good, yes. But I don't want this to get squashed just because there's a shitty um, like cash grab that we know that this thing is a license to print money. And that I, I just don't like, I mean, I guess I don't want to hate cast about this, but I just don't understand like if the appeal of the 50 shades movie is that it's taboo and it's like, you know, kind of like on the fringe, we have the internet now. Like, I don't understand why this is such an appeal whenever you can go find whatever you want. That's probably even better written. You know, I don't understand the allure of the theater, you know, for, I don't get it. I don't understand why movies make money like transformers and things like that either, but they do. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and this and the Fifty Shades thing is just right time, right place, and a lot of people who don't necessarily go to the movies a lot go to see that just because it's like the thing to do. Yeah, I, I you're right. I just I, it's it's frustrating that I mean I, mean, it, it, I understand that it has its place, and the whole goal of making a film ideally is to make your money back and then some, and this is clearly going to do it because I mean the budget on this cannot be that high versus like what they're what the what's going to come back you know right um but then you got some of the lego batman movie that it, it existed because surely because the lego movie did so well that they're like oh people like will arnett as batman can we do this too right and i hope that that doesn't stifle any other awesome yeah like uh like not every movie's be lego but like this might be my favorite batman movie and i've not seen it yet you know right like um, but yeah, anyway, initial, so. initial reports up to the minute reporting here at the yeah. of the podcast <laughs> with your, uh, your box yeah. office, it's like, uh, like the helicopter, you know, like the traffic <laughs> on the eights. Joe, Joe, I'm over the theater right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of people going in couple of kids for Batman. It looks like some S and M people. I can't tell from up here. I can't tell if the S and M people and the John Wick people are the same people. <laughs> Everyone's wearing black. <laughs> Could be bondage. 
could be a like a Tom Ford, a black Tom Ford suit with a silencer in it. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so go support the movies you want to go see, uh, meaning go see Lego Batman and John Wick. I think that'd be a great double feature. Just be like little, like intense action movie and then John Wick 2. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, next bit of news. Should we do the other sad news and then get to the happy news? Yeah, we'll do the sad news. So um, everybody uh, maybe has seen the movie The Ring or One of the Rings or not Lord of the Rings, uh, <laughs> but which is a completely different movie, which I think <laughs> that's that's the early, early medieval prequel to Ring. I think that would be an interesting mashup. But because, um, uh, I mean, I guess that VHS tape is kind of like The Ring. Uh, but so um, they were originally going to uh, get production of a, was it a full reboot? Another reboot of Friday the Thirteenth. I, I'm not sure. Steve, uh, friend of show and contributor, uh, put up a really great blog post about this very thing. Yeah. And then a day later, they announced that this Friday the Thirteenth movie that was in production has been shut down. And the rumor is because since the sequel to Ring, um, which that movie's how many years old now? Like the sequel, because there was Ring Two that came out after. So this was supposed yeah. to be the third of the American Ring movies. But if you go to the Japanese side of it, there's like like at least eight or nine different movies. It's crazy. Um, it didn't do well, and because that Platinum Dunes and whoever else is like, no, 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 we got to stop the Friday Thirteenth remake or reboot, wherever it is. And I don't understand that. Like, I, I just, yeah, I, like you have an established like. You have an established like horror slasher like Jason versus like a, I don't want to say a foreign horror movie like The Ring that didn't do as well. It's like how do you how do you make that decision to go with one or the other? Well, I mean, if it, like you, if if the whole thing is taking older franchises and giving them a new look, fine, I can see how you're worried about that. But if you knew from like test screening all this other stuff that the sequel to The Ring uh, wasn't great, and I could also have a feeling that because when you released it, when you did, you knew it wasn't that great, like. You, you shouldn't punish a future production because the one that you got didn't turn out the way you hoped, mm-hmm. you know? And I also think that Jason is uh, more bankable than, than the ring is. I mean, at least in terms of us audiences, I think more people are aware of Jason Voorhees. Uh, and also the last Friday 13th movie that they did um, platinum dudes put out actually wasn't bad. I thought it was a lot of I fun. Thought the, the, the last one was good. I liked it. Yeah. I mean, there was, they, they rushed through the whole origin of him getting the mask and all that. And it's like, I didn't need that necessarily, Which, but I, it was yeah, okay. You don't. I mean, there, there were what? 10, 10, 11 movies before <laughs> that. It's like, if, if well, that he, was, he didn't your... get the mask until th- uh, three, like, yeah. cause uh, well, he had yeah. the potato sack in the first one. And well, the you're one. right. But I'm just saying like, like I understand that like we're getting into generations here, but it's like, if you're like, if you're talking to your buddies and be like, Hey, we're going to go see the new Friday, the 13th movie. And you're like a 17 year old kid. And you're just like, I am not familiar with this Jason Voorhees. It's, it's your damn job to go do homework. Like <laughs> if you walk into a movie about Jason or Freddie or any like, like not even horror slashers, but any existing, like, I mean, Spider-Man for Christ's sake. Like it's your job to go do some homework about this stuff. Yeah, but the, the, to be fair though, a movie should stand on its own without any in, like without you having to do a ton of information in front of it. You know, like yeah, I'm not saying like prep to go see Friday the Thirteenth or prep to go see Spider Man, but I mean, God, in the day of Googling and everything, it's just like you could probably look up like what this dude was about and see. Oh, there were nine movies before this. This guy had quite a run as a killer and a rampage. <laughs> yeah. Like, so this is a reboot. I don't need to sit through forty-five minutes of a story to watch how he drowned and his mom went and killed everybody, and then he went to go get revenge. It's like that. You know, that's that's something you can read in like 
two minutes. Yeah, okay, I see your point about like you don't the movie doesn't need to reset the table. No, um, if which, it was an original property, yes. But if it's like if you're jumping into something with that much history, it's like just take you, you could take do five minutes to look on Wikipedia. Like uh, this is different, but um, remember, uh, remember, uh, remember uh, Spider-Man Two, the the actual the second Sam Raimi film. Yeah, and they did like the Alex Ross artwork that told you the story of the first movie in the opening credits. Yeah, that's all you really need is like, and then also oh. like like the Incredible Hulk with Ed Norton. Yeah, they went through the whole origin of the Hulk at the beginning of that movie, and then it's like scene, and we're in South America, and we know what's going on with Banner. Like that, that's all you need. Right for that right like you could even have kids around a campfire telling ghost stories about jason or whatever and it's like that would be fine i'd 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 buy that you know right during the i mean you could wrap up a lot of that stuff in the credits and i think a lot of filmmakers do that nowadays but i feel some of them have to go and dig into an origin piece and just make it more of the movie and i think that's lazy I think that's just like I don't feel like writing the other half of the movie, and that also means you don't feel confident that you're going to get your pri- like like something like that, you know. Yeah. So, um, which is funny that that dovetails into the next thing. But I just want to mention that I don't know why it's for for a franchise like Friday Thirteenth that ultimately has not cost, and then like if you think about how many movies have been how many movies have been made, has not cost that much to make those movies realistically, and how much money they've made in the long term. I don't know why it's so hard to get another one made. Like yeah. that just like there's Saw Legacy coming this fall. I, I can we please get just a Friday Thirteenth movie instead of like like that? You know, like yeah. I, but anyway. So but there's hope now for another franchise. That's that's the happy news that we have. Yeah. So uh, the stabby the stabby theme is uh, John Carpenter went on was it Facebook or I, I don't so. know just any that's, news media. But John Carpenter said that they're going to re- some kind of vaping forum. They're going <laughs> they're going to reboot uh, Halloween. Um, and he's definitely going to have a producer hand into it. Uh, he's not writing or directing it, but he said that he's given his blessing and he's actually going to be watching it closely, which is cool. And he said he maybe might do the music, which I think it means he's probably going to do the music. I, I he think he's to. more interested in the music now than yeah. the rest of that. And I'm hoping he, he does bring the music because I, I would I think that would be perfect because if if you can get a a more uh, updated new take on Halloween, but still get the the feel of it. I think the music would definitely be a big piece that he could pull off. I and I think we've talked about this before, but his style of synth is like that. Something about that growing up has stuck with me. And I listen like you go on YouTube, you just type in chill wave or retro wave, and you find a bunch of this stuff. And it's just like there is. It, that something about that, like not that I get stuck in that time, but I really enjoy that style of music, and I feel like those those movies are, they're not ageless in the sense of what like because they existed in the, like the seventies and eighties, but that music sets it in its own time and in its own like I don't know time's not the right word, but its own space. Like if you had used more a traditional like you know accompaniment that isn't as iconic as like Halloween with like the the like the well there is a piano but then you yeah. have well that that like, song too yeah. yeah like I, I think a lot of and a lot of people too and you think of music of Halloween you think of the piano but at the same time there was a lot of synth music that John Carpenter had worked on that um you know even some of the the scenes and things like that where you know the babysitters are, are watching the kids and then you've got Jason or not Jason Michael in the Michael in the background. Jason says, "Can come uh, back?" He's like, "No." Like creeping come back. creeping around in the neighborhood, and it's just like that that tension. It just builds that tension more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to see a buddy cop film with uh, Michael Myers and Jason Voorhees, where they just drive around, not talking to each other though. Yeah, and just killing people. They get back in the car and they drive further. I think that's. But they like they get coffee and they get donuts and they, but they don't talk. Um, but Danny McBride is attached to this as well as. 
I cannot remember the other guy's name, but I think the, those are the two that were behind Eastbound and Down, which I mean, I know Danny McBride was, but that that is interesting to me. That's an, Yeah, when like, I saw that, I was kind of like, Danny McBride? Yeah. Like, like I just, um, it's it's a different, like everything those guys have done, like uh, like I said, Eastbound and Down, and I've been watching, um, of, uh, was it Vice Principals? Uh, that's on HBO, and that's actually really funny. I just have not gotten back to it. It it gets dark. Like mm-hmm. I mean, that's. But Danny McBride's awesome, and I think that having someone that's not your typical group of people to approach something like this with with Carpenter's blessing, they must have pitched something to him that he liked. Yeah, and they said this is going to pick up after the second movie, and they're going to ignore all the the um, thorn stuff. That, and that all makes that me stuff. even more excited because, like, I feel like that third movie, which. That was season of the witch. Yeah, it was awesome as a standalone, but I don't understand why it had to be within the, the Halloween family. Like it was Halloween well, three. I know he did want to do like it was like a like a like a series episodic story type thing. Well, yeah. So Carpenter didn't want to make a sequel to Halloween, and then they talked him into it, so he did. And then he was producing the third one. He and they he wanted to take the Halloween franchise and make it into an anthology. Yeah, and be like, you know, we're done, Michael Myers. We've already told his story. Let's do season of the witch, and everyone's like, "Where's the guy in the mask?" You're right. Like, Fine, we'll do him again. You know. Like, but I, I kind of like that they're gonna make this be <clears throat> the third movie, whereas like the fourth movie, which technically was the third Michael Myers movie, yeah. Um, they they just kind of started to kind of like go down a rocky hill. Yeah, and it's like so. you, you just introduce Paul Rudd, and it just all goes downhill from there. Right. No. So. Uh, but yeah, that's good news that one one franchise isn't doing so hot now. The other one's going to get uh, a shot in the arm, so that's good. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's 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 get on to other things. And now for our feature presentation. Um, so, all right. Uh, there's a lot of superhero news recently in the sense of like TV stuff. Like uh, Powerless just came on NBC. Uh, Legion just premiered on FX. Um, there's the like they've now put out a new trailer for Iron Fist, which looks badass, by mm, the way. Yeah. Uh, Hulu has announced casting for Runaways. Uh, they've shown the casting for Cloak and Dagger on Freeform. There's just a bunch going on right now, and, and there's so much. And and then currently, you still have like the CW like controlling all of the week with superheroes. <laughs> yeah, like literally. Is there? I mean, is there another show coming? I bet you there is. We just don't know about it yet. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm trying well, to think if there's something that's, they, that's out there. They just launched Riverdale, which I mean, that's that's oh, yeah, not a Riverdale. hero, but it's a com based off of Archie, yep. and it's like dark. Yeah, you know. Um. So the question then is, I. Are we hitting like a saturation point in the sense of like, uh, what what is the public going to be like? Give me more, give me more, or are we going to get to the point where it's like, how many hero shows can yeah. there be? And well, I think what's interesting about it is is it does lie completely on the shoulders of writers and giving you something to actually want to pay attention to, but I feel like. Um, the lack of originality is forcing people to just kind of like go, well, let's let's make a show about this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they even did that like in some of the older um, superhero shows that came out in the '90s and the 2000s. Like, it, you know, it was like, well, this is this isn't an original property um, or an original idea, but we'll take this and we'll make it into a show. And I feel like instead of coming up with new ideas and things like that um people people like you know we talked about this earlier in the year when it was just like um uh what was it the new tv series were starting and things like that yeah. and we kind of it's like you know how many movie how many tv shows were coming on the cusp of movies or remakes you know like um uh what was it a uh, 24 was getting rehashed. frequency frequency yeah. was a movie uh, uh lethal weapon was a movie you know it was just like 
It's like, oh, it's based on this, but it's ba- you know, it's it's based on this movie, but now it's a TV show. Yeah. So it's like this is no different where people are looking at it and they're like, oh, it's you know, look at all these comic books we can pull from, and then like look at the success of all the movies that are these comic books, and what can we get the rights to to do this with? And like Powerless, after I watched like the first two episodes of Powerless, like which Powerless is set in the DC universe, and it's a company. Uh, it's uh, Bruce Wayne's cousin, uh, Van Wayne. Yeah, um, played by Alan Tudyk. Which, they, uh, no matter what, is awesome. Yeah. Great, I love Alan like, Tudyk. I think that's honestly the one thing that kept roping me back in. Because yeah. I'm like watching it, and I'm just like, eh, eh, oh, Alan Tudyk. Yeah, but the whole thing with this, that this company is supposed to be making products that are supposed to help those without powers. Like, think of it as just like, they're they're trying to come up with like uh, I don't know safety devices or, or or proactive ways to avoid things or um, it's just it's very gadgety like type things you know yeah. um but, yeah but the thing is is they took they took the I don't even want to say the skeleton or the blueprint of a workplace comedy and then they just like put a superhero show around it I feel like they took everything of a workplace comedy <laughs> and they gave it a superhero hat and that's that's it. Yeah, it's just like, like oh, it's like oh, hey, hey, Ron Funches, nice Batman hat. He's like, I know, right? And then they go right. back to back to the, the, talking about like I office mean, things. In the in the pilot, they did a pretty interesting job of like bringing up like some obscure, like Red Fox showed up. Like a lot of people don't know who Red well, Fox is, and even I had to look. Red it Fox, up. you mean from uh, Sanford and Son? Yeah, <laughs> he's <laughs> like you big dummy, and he just goes along and just fights crime. Like when yeah, when they're fighting, and then the, the Steve song is the, burn, the, it, burn it, burn it, burn, burn it. Be like, what's that? Oh, it's, it's our red fox detector. Is it, I thought it was Crimson Fox, wasn't it? Or is something it Crimson like, Fox? It wasn't, oh, it is what, Crimson Fox. I can tell you it wasn't Red Fox. Oh, man. Yeah, see, I, I butchered that. It's Crimson Fox. But no, Crimson Fox is a pretty unknown Ooh. superhero. And then, like, I guess, like, you know. He just drives a shitty truck around and hits people with it. They didn't even get her powers right. It was. But anyway. Yeah, sorry. But no, a lot of a lot of the, the show, it was like this workplace comedy. And then, like, I started watching it and I watched the second episode and it's just like. I wasn't so much picking it apart, but at the same time, I'm like, they're not making this very superhero-like. This is just another workplace comedy. Well, yeah, so, um, and not to, to pick on Powerless a whole lot, so the, the story is with that, that originally there was a pilot that was made that was showed at like San Diego Comic-Con like a year ago, that actually the, the, the crux of it was that um, the characters worked at an insurance company and they were claims adjusters for superhero claims. Yeah. And something about that pilot, I guess people just were like, we don't, we don't get it or we don't like it. Yeah. So then DC, sorry, NBC panicked and was like, well, how can we make this, you know, let's make like, it the office. Let's make it goofy, you know, yeah. like, and, um, I feel like, uh, in, we're going to talk about workplace comedies at some point. Cause that's a good topic, but workplace comedies, I feel like are more, it's about the characters and the friction because it's like you all have to work together. It's like this is this is the family you choose, you know. Yeah. And I feel like that the comedy there takes a little while to to, to boil to the top, right? Because it's like you got to mm-hmm. get to know the characters. While powerless from the get go is like, here's our nerdy scientists. They don't like the person leading everybody. Yeah. Our boss is an idiot. It's like, all right, calm down. Right. Like, let us get to know everybody. You don't have to like like flash big bright lights and everything. Like I don't th- I don't feel like it was unique in any sense. Like I felt like it was very office carbon copied and. That's one of the reasons why I couldn't buy into it, um, you know, and, and like I talked to um, a couple other people before the cast about this a little bit. And I'm like, you know, you, your office was successful, your Parks and Rec, which was literally supposed to be, you know, a spinoff of the not a spinoff, but like was literally supposed to be a clone of the office. And then they realized how much of a clone it was. And then they started changing things. Yeah. And that's how it got so successful. <laughs> and then you have like your Brooklyn Nine-Nines, which 
you know, uh, Fox was like, we need a workplace comedy, but let's not make it like, you know, a cubicle workplace comedy. So they're like, well, what about a cop precinct? And then that kind of like started. And then the characters really started to get flushed out. I I don't want to predict it and I don't want to kind of like hate on it, but I just feel like powerless is going to like, like flow into this typical, yeah, this is funny, but it's just the same thing as like Superstore and The Office and like a well, lot of these other workplace I, And if you guys, uh, I feel like Powerless has been done better already. It was a show called Better Off Ted. It was on for two seasons. Um, if you guys have not seen that, check it out. It is on, um, I think it's on Netflix and Hulu. Yeah. Um, it's by the guy who was like an executive at a company that had pretty evil ambitions, but they weren't so obvious about it at times. And so they'd make products that are just like kind of terrible. But because people are asking them for these things, like they had a chair. Uh, they had this material that people couldn't sit in because it irritated them. But then they found out their product- productivity went up like 300% because they didn't want to sit in the chair any longer. So they called the chair the Focus Master. So they would like, advertise it as like high productivity because people just don't want to sit in it. You know, so like, and yeah. that, and so I feel like that has been done. But one, one, my question though is, and I didn't want to talk about workplace economy so much, but that's important to inform it, is that with all this being announced, right? Like, with everything coming and every show, sorry, every network feeling like they got to have a bit of this the piece of this pie where NBC has swung and missed a few times. Like they, I think they were there in front of everybody with heroes and then the writer strike happened and yeah. kind of screwed heroes up. Oh God. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny too, is when that writer strike happened, there were a lot of shows out there that just kind of like just, just took a dive. And some of them were superhero shows. Cause if, I went back and I looked in like in the two thousands, uh, and there were some superhero shows that like like barely squeaked by with like one or two seasons. And yeah, that, and that's that's that was the, the that was the pattern until recently. And that's the thing too. Yeah, I mean you've got uh, you got your CW guys that um, are going strong, and you've got um, Agents of Shield that are going strong. But I mean, they, I feel like they have a massive amount of support from their their parent companies. Or uh, I can't remember the guy's name uh, who's in charge of the Arrowverse. Um, um, Greg uh, Berlanti. Yeah, Greg Ber- Berlanti. Like he's a driving force between all or uh, between all those shows, and I think everything but Supergirl. But even though, because I don't know, she's I know like, I think he was a producer on that too. But and that's how they were able to make it work out to where they could bring it over to the CW. But like the um, but all those shows are into their like third, second, even Arrow's in its fifth season because of like what he's done. And, and granted, I I honestly don't think Arrow's going to make it to season six. <laughs> Um, but if it does, I'll be surprised. But like, I mean, that's massively successful for a lot of superhero shows because there were a lot out there, um, in the, uh, you know, in the early, the late nineties, early two thousands that they adapted from stuff and stuff that was original that didn't last that long. Yeah. So like, well, heroes though, it was interesting in the sense that like, cause the, the reason heroes exist is because Batman begins did well. And so they thought, you know, maybe it's time to actually do like a grounded take, on powers and like and the development. And then I remember everyone was over the moon about heroes. I wasn't a big fan and I'm not trying to be like, I didn't like it first, but I just didn't, I didn't like the fake cliffhangers at the end of the episodes because then the episode would start and that cliffhanger actually wasn't a cliffhanger at all. Yeah. Like they literally would have something different happen. And I'm like, that's not good writing, but like the character seemed interesting. Like hero was kind of interesting to start. Allie Larder's character, I forget her name, but she was kind of interesting. The Jekyll Hyde like yeah. type character. And that yeah. was kind of cool because like she her reflection, she'd see it and it'd be a different thing going on. Um so and it was trying to be like a a better budgeted, you know, take on this. And then people liked it and then it just, it kind of fell apart. Um and then NBC after that, what are they? They had the cape, which that was the original take on a superhero, and it, that didn't last. Yeah, it lasted one season. And then Constantine, two thousand eleven. Yeah, and then Constantine was actually a DC character. Uh, 
that you you watched Constantine. I didn't watch it. Constantine breaks my heart. I I really like that show. Like that ran like two years ago for like one season. And but it was also still trying to be a little bit of a procedural, right? Where he was investigating like different things going on. Yeah, it had it had an episodic like like there was a storyline that it built up to at the end, and the ending was a good like like season ending like holy shit. Okay, you know, um, but like. Like Matt Ryan was solid as Constantine. Um, I'm really happy they got him to do Constantine and other things. I was gonna say I liked him in Arrow when he showed. Yeah, up they, like they the, pulled the him. Second. They even pulled him over into Arrow. Like that's how that's how good of a job he did as John Constantine. And I'm not talking about like from somebody who's read like Hellblazer a lot that I know John Constantine in and out. He was just a very enjoyable character, and he seemed like he he hit that that British con man who is also a master of like dark magic and and all this other stuff on the nose. And uh, I'm trying to think uh, the new Justice League Dark animated movie that came out. Like he voices, Constantine, he voices Constantine in that. So I'm really happy that he's getting work as Constantine because he seems to like it. But um, but you know, yeah, NBC couldn't figure out what to do with that. They but they the NBC wants they want procedurals. They want people to be able to watch an episode, and if you happen to miss one. Like you can come back and watch the next one and still have it's the law and order effect. It's like you, you they they want a well, lot of that. I mean, not to get back into it, but that's like some of the stupid crap with the workplace comedy stuff. Yeah, that's true. It, too. That's why NBC's go to, you know, that's why they had Parks and Rec. That's why they had The Office and Superstore. And it's like I feel like they have to have like they're too afraid to do different different things, but that's what they work. They're too afraid. To, it's like oh, you know, it worked with this, it worked with this, and like let's just keep it going. Oh, it's a quirky bunch of people that work together we're in yeah you know but um superhero shows themselves like like heroes i thought was a fresh take even though you're right the writing was kind of like like what the hell but it was a fresh take you didn't have anybody running around in costumes no it was trying to it was trying to be more like, like you know like realistic in yeah. a sense like yeah if, if if you actually could regenerate i mean would you go run around and just do things like you know in a society where you do have law enforcement and there's not really any vigilantism, but yeah. there there is kind of like an underlying like you know th- like uh, secret society going on. So um, and pa- uh, Brian Michael Bendis's powers, which is on the PlayStation Network, which didn't get renewed for season three, which, so it only lasted two seasons. Which was kind of like that, but there were people in capes and things like that. Yeah, but they were they were cops investigating superhero related stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. But it it, it still kind of had like a superhero esque feel to it, and then I think like some things where you know have something that is seated in a big superhero universe, like um like Witchblade. Do you remember when Witchblade oh, was on T- TNT? TNT, yeah, the, yeah. TNT had Witchblade, which was an Image comic, and it was all about a mythical. Uh, was it a gauntlet or was it a it was sword? A gauntlet. It was a gauntlet that the person that had it would get lose all, all these, their clothes and they'd wear the gauntlet. They would basically <laughs> run around butt naked, uh, not literally, but like if you yeah. if you Google Witchblade and, yeah, and look yeah, at what yeah. Witchblade looks like, I think it was like a challenge for artists to try and find a way to cover up <laughs> yeah. the female body as little as they could. But um, uh, they had it on TNT, and like in the comics, there were like a lot more fantastical things. But due to budget and things like that, it seems super watered down. And I remember in the the TV show, like I mean, you couldn't really have. Uh, I think it was Yancey Butler was running around as Witchblade, and she would have the gauntlet on. But then there were times where it would go like super gauntlet mode, and she would be in like a suit of armor. So it was the complete opposite. Because, like, in the comic, the gauntlet would basically, she would have, like, this crazy... It was, like, an organically grow over her type of... Yeah, it was, like, an organically type biomechanical metal thing and uh, very revealing. But then, like, in the the, the TV show, she would have, like, and, and not... 
not bioorganic looking to like how the comic looked or anything that like literally a suit of like medieval armor and it was <laughs> it was kind of awkward and it would only flash for like 10 seconds like it would give you this impression that she had like some other powers where suddenly she's in the suit or armor so she's not actually doing fight scenes in an armor nah. it was just really weird so it was like they knew there was a market for Witchblade because it was hot. And then all of a sudden it was just like the transition to television wasn't that that impressive. Yeah. You know, and they and I feel like even some of the shows that they do now, like and Batman is extremely guilty of this because it's like there are so many shows I don't say so many shows, but there have been shows where it's like Let's let's make it about the Batman universe with no Batman. And well, we as we say, you have Gotham, Gotham, and Birds of Prey. Well, yeah, Birds of Prey didn't last, but Gotham is still. I was going to say, Fox right now has has Gotham, which is Batman without Batman. Um, well, Birds of Prey was Batman without Batman. Yeah, but that was not, was that Fox as well, or was that? Uh, um, I want to say that was CW. Well, before Arrow, I think that that was, was right before Arrow. Yeah, that was CW. <clears throat> but um, and it was just it was just weird. Yeah, that was I, where you had Ferris Bueller's girlfriend playing Harley Quinn. Oh yeah. Um, so, I mean, cause like I was looking through like the list of shows, like Wikipedia has a whole list of like superhero shows, which I disagree with some of the stuff. Cause it's like, some of this is like why, why this well, is some not of its kids stuff too. Yeah. Like, but, technically power Rangers is a live action kit, uh, superhero show. Yeah. But I mean, you have like, when you have something like Knight Rider, that's not, that is not a superhero show. That's a no, cool car. Yeah. You know, or stuff like that. It's like, I don't understand that. Um, like the $6 million man doesn't feel like a superhero show to me. It feels like a spy show. Or it's supposed to be, he's supposed to be, I don't know. Like, so my question to you, though, there's a lot of these shows here listed, right? And some of them would last maybe two seasons if that, like, $6 million man lasted a little bit longer, had a spinoff of the six, was it, billion dollar woman, something like that? Um, Which, uh, the Bionic Woman. Bionic Woman, that's it. Which they remade. They tried to, yeah. They tried to reboot Bionic Woman back in the early 2000s, and that one failed horribly, too. Yeah, so my question to you is, like, like, so a show like Medium, right, which had uh, Patricia Arquette, being a medium, uh, whatever, solving crimes, that's clearly an evidence of power, and that comes into solving things and whatever. That's not a superhero show. That's no. not a like. But what? But you could have somebody be like, "Oh, I'm the great uh, Min- Mintos, the fresh maker," and I go, around, "I don't know," but and I solve crimes with my mind. But then someone could say that's a superhero show. So, to you, what is a superhero show? I don't know. I think a superhero show is is definitely. It's definitely powers related, but I feel like there needs to be more of a focal point of other powers. Like you need to have, yes, Patricia Arquette could talk to the dead or whatever, and that is a power set. Or even, um, uh, what was it? Was it USA? Somebody did Painkiller Jane. It was sci-fi. Sci-fi did Painkiller yeah. Jane, which starred uh, the Terminatrix, uh, Christina Loken from Terminator oh. 3. Yeah. And basically, they had... Um, they had her she was a she was like a cop or a dea agent um but she had a mutate ability where she could regenerate but she still felt pain so she couldn't die she was invincible but she still felt pain oh and um there were other people in the show that had powers and i feel like that was a superhero show okay you know even though the focal point was her with powers just as that one character and then she had like you know her her partner and the other cops and things but then you have like like medium and it would be it would be i think that would be more of a superhero show if instead of just her having that ability like she would have to like interact with other ghosts or sorcerers who were able to like talk to like ghosts and things like that where you had more things going on than just one person you know being a focal point and if it's going to be something like night rider where you've got one guy who's got some cool gadgets in a car like he needs to be stopping other people who have 
like crazy stuff. Like well, a, they did later. They had they Car, did later. They had, uh, Goliath, right? You know, but um, I mean, you know, you need to have like a like a James Bond esque like equivalent of like if you got like batman you got gadgets i got gadgets you got gadgets you're trying to stop somebody that can turn into sand or something like that you know what what about daredevil the first season of daredevil like he he does have extraordinary powers but he doesn't face anything supernatural yeah but the thing with that is it was a build-up yeah because i mean like eventually when you get into the world of daredevil you've got a lot more supernatural things and a lot more super powered things other than just him fighting the kingpin yeah I feel like the Netflix series aren't. That's something we shouldn't really put a part of this because I mean they they are TV shows in the sense that they're episodic, but I don't view them as like it's, TV shows. The, this they're, this feels like the closest I get to reading a comic. Yeah, because they, it's like they have an arc. Well, and that's the and, thing why they they succeed as a good superhero show because it feels like a comic book when you watch it or yeah watch it. I was gonna say read it <laughs> with, with you you read it when with you your, read with it your eyes uh, without words. Uh, no, so I mean, so right now you got like so. With Fox like putting their toes in the water by saying, "Oh, we got villains, but we don't have Batman," that seems like people like Gotham. I I'll be honest, I've never watched. It I watched the first half of the first season. I just, something about it just annoyed me. I just couldn't seeing... get into it. Like I, I think part of it was is like I'm never going to get Batman, and then you're going to tease me with all these villains, and then to me, I start thinking about like, well, this villain's getting pushed a little bit too fast, and I don't really imagine this villain this way. You know, I know that sounds bad, but like. Um, like the penguin, like like they had a great actor. He did a great job as the penguin. And I don't feel like I feel like the story from him getting to Oswald the penguin was interesting, but it took like way too long. Hmm. And then like, you know, they would tease like, I guess they're finally just coming around to like the Riddler finally getting his get up all set up and things like that. And then they would have other people pop up and in and out of the the um uh, the Gotham universe. Like I remember the episode where uh, Victor Zaz popped up and I was just like, Oh, Victor Zaz is really cool. And then I'm like, that was the end of it. And I'm like, I'm like, I kind of, I like these people all seem like they're going to be at least a good 20 years up on Batman. Right. And I'm feeling like once Batman hits Batman age, these guys are all going to be in their late fifties <laughs> to like sixties. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, I don't know if they should have done this like this. Like, could they po- could they possibly have made Batman like a college kid or something to make me feel a little bit better about you know, it? You know what inter- would have interested me, and I don't think anybody else would agree with it, is that they would have went the opposite, like almost like a Flashpoint thing where the first episode, Bruce Wayne's dead as a kid. He's done. And it's like either you keep Thomas Wayne around and have him do his, like the Dark Knight Rise, like not Dark Knight Rises, but like Flashpoint. Flashpoint, yeah. Or if the focal point is on Commissioner Gordon becoming the hero that Gotham needs, the show show oh, Wayne's dead. I show think, that he's dead, and it's yeah. like, and then then you don't know how this is all going to play out. And that would be you could still have Gotham, I, you could still have the Batman feel to it. And this is because clearly the Fox show has no connection with the CW shows, right? Right. So why not? Like it would be amazing because then what if you had somebody like Cobblepot that actually turns out to be like a neutral guy, not a bad guy, but it's like you're then. The whole thing's turned upside down, and you still have the Batman parts that people like. Right. But then you then you don't know how it's going to end. And I would love that. Like, if they... Le- like Yeah, I think I would like it better if they legitimately took Batman out of it. I don't like the guy that played James Gordon. And, I and like, it was funny because I know he was a huge focal point of, ow, of most of it. But, like, um, I was just like, I really don't care about Commissioner Gordon right now. And the guy that was playing him, I was just kind of like, eh. So, but I think like if they had casted somebody different and they wrote it a little differently and they made Jim Gordon the Batman and not and not in a cape and cowl sense, but like like 
Gotham doesn't have a superhero, but there's a lot of supervillains that are popping up, and somebody has to deal with it in a real way. I think that would have been a lot more interesting. It's kind of how they were hinting out with Daredevil, how for the first season he wore just the black mask and went around and just yeah. like took care, took care of crime. It's like that would be interesting to me. And this isn't an episode about rewriting stuff. It's just more like so. Like the my question to you is, how many other ways can you stretch the idea of a superhero show onto? A workplace comedy. Uh, I was even looking back at um, the Adventure of Superman, Lois and Lane, Lois, Lo, you know, Lois, Lois and Lane, Lois the and Clark, Terry Hatcher, and and that was Kane. a love story. That was more romantic was, comedy, yeah. and it was successful, but only lasted four seasons. But when you go back and think about that, you don't think of it as a Superman show. You think of it as like a, a cute couple, and he happens to be Clark Kent. That happens to be right. Superman. But so, like, how how many other ways can you stretch this? I mean, do you do you should you even do that? Like, well, yeah, I, because I think that was a successful take on that. And like, if you look at Smallville too, like Smallville was your 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 core bear, not core, but but was your your blueprint for your typical One Tree Hill um, type style show with a bunch of like you know uh, young adults growing up and and finding themselves and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you put Superman into it, but they still gave the mythos of Superman. Like they had episodes where it was just like Clark was trying to develop his powers. Mm -hmm. But then there was also like the drama within the kids. And I think like the CW still tried to carry that over with some of their other shows like Arrow. Which is terrible. Well, they, you know what they Arrow's not I, terrible. The, the the point that they need to have so much drama in Arrow is terrible. I will agree that the first part of Arrow was pretty people with problems, yeah. and then as everybody got a little older and they started moving away from like the the Queen family having all this money and then kind of taking away a lot of that because like yeah. Thea at first was just a spoiled brat, yeah. and then she's becoming one of the more interesting characters in the show. But yeah, there's that definite like 90210 vibe that you got the very first bit. Right. And I think that I think that was their Trojan horse of just like. We got to play the CW game for a second. Then we're going to drop Green Batman on you, and right. it was like, and everyone's like, "Oh snap, Green yeah. Batman!" I agree with you on that, but no, the the, <coughs> the the whole Smallville thing did the same thing with the whole package. It's like here's nine hundred two one zero out in the middle of farmland. One of them Superman. So if you like Superman, you can watch this. But if you like nine hundred two, you can watch it too. Yeah, you know. And I think like somewhere they have to find that middle ground. Surprisingly enough, it's worked with Lois and Clark and Smallville in a sense, being successful, because you're right. I remember watching Lois and Clark, and I remember rooting for Lois Lane and Superman to get together and all this other stuff, but then at the same time, I'd always be like, yeah, he's going to fight bad guys. You know, you would get that little bit. But I think, like, some shows don't give the time or attention or the budget to do some of that stuff, you know? And and one of the things I like about Supergirl, ironically enough, the super people, uh, is that it, 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 it walked that line really well but it gave you, a, and Flash does it too, it gives you a bigger proportion of the super arc. Like, you know, okay. you, I feel like there's more focal point on the plot of them working to stop supervillains than 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 um, Barry and Iris or um, uh, Kira and, and Jimmy Olsen. You know, but I feel like in the last second season, uh, it got a little out of control with Kira and Jimmy Olsen and some of the other guys. And it was just like, OK, this is getting arrowy. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's bring it back in and start fighting uh, Kryptonians and, and, and uh, Red Tornado. Well, and I, I think I think you said that that's probably also key to his budget and also technology is catching up to where you're, you can have some more spectacle on these shows because like you go back to something like the incredible Hulk, uh, late seventies, which by the way, as a kid that show terrified me because I just, the whole transformation sequence freaks me out. Um, but then when you find out in the production that they're trying to find a way 
to show Banner becoming the Hulk, and they actually had these original ideas of putting um, Bixby in a suit that they could fill with water bladders and could show him, like, you know, changing. And then someone's like, well, why don't we just have somebody just rip a shirt? And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, it was like this whole, like, we'll just transition <laughs> with shots of things breaking, and then suddenly it's Lou Ferrigno. Right. But at that point, even though you had Lou Ferrigno, like, dyed green running around smashing things, that in every episode you got to see Banner turn into Hulk, but they, they were able to do it and still make it make sense because Ban- like the Hulk wasn't something that you needed a, a lot of production value to show him being strong and being a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Though he did wrestle a bear that one time and threw that kind of bear suit all around. That didn't look good. Um, I think, and that was actually, and it looks cheesy now, that was CBS's attempt at a serious superhero show in the sense that he was a lone man wandering. It's, right. it, it's basically a werewolf story. Of yeah, them, it like, is a know, werewolf story, you know, yeah. Um, but that was their, like, so I feel like there's been serious attempts but like, and that one stuck for a little bit, but not not quite. It wasn't as successful as they hoped it would be. Well, I think like you know, and like like uh, Heroes is one of them too. Like Heroes was, I think, the most first season was probably the most successful serious attempt. Um, there were a couple other shows. Like I know uh, I watched Alphas for like half a season, uh, which was um, on Sci-Fi, and that one that one was a serious attempt too at people with powers. And then um, there was a, a a British show called Misfits. Yeah, I've been meaning to get to that. I heard that's uh, pretty solid. And and that actually went five seasons. Okay. So that that actually ran for a while. And um Misfits, I watched I think the first episode and then I never got back to it. Um, but those type of shows were something where it's like be like, Yes, I can I can turn invisible and I can uh I can see um the one kid in and Alpha's I remember, he could see like uh electronic uh waves in the air. So like, you know, how we get our Wi-Fi, we get our cell phone calls, our text messages. Mm-hmm. Like he could see the code in the air coming to the devices. Hmm. So it's like he was kind of the ultimate hacker in, in a sense where it's just like he, he could see wavelengths. Um, so, you know, and like stuff like that, it, you know, it was an interesting plot device for certain things, you know, in, in, the, in the show. But nobody was running around in a cape, yeah. you know, and there was no drama about like, uh, like, like. Uh, I mean, I don't think there were any like major romantic interests that made you kind of like want people to get together like Jim and Pam in the office, but um, it kind of wasn't a focal point. So I, it, just, it makes me wonder like how, how many times you can apply, you can sprinkle the stuff in because I'm thinking about like the different genres of television that people come back to and it's like, could you have an ER hospital procedural that happens just to be like, you know what? Our cases of the week are these people that have impenetrable skin or something and we don't know how to help them. It's like, like, is it necessary? But I bet you there's going to be a superhero a hospital show at some point. It could be interesting, you know? and, it, and 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 even the and, and like how you pitch it, like like what it is, like whether it's a workplace comedy or it's, uh, you know, it's it's a quirky group of people who don't like each other that have powers but have to work together. It, you know, it boils down to. Um, I guess the tone, you know, obviously, yeah. I mean, that could go multiple ways. That could be a comedy, that could be a drama, and the writing, because I mean, you have like these, these, I don't want to say these cookie cutter tropes, but like, you know, the workplace comedy thing. Um, there was a, there was that no ordinary family show that lasted like, like one season. Yeah, that yeah, was no. interesting. You had Michael Chiklis, who was the thing, like, and he was the commish too. I don't know which one he was the, doing. In that. <laughs> he was the commish too, but he was that commish thing. But he was the thing. And like 
you put them on on TV with in a superhero show where uh, th- this is off the cusp of the Incredibles yeah. in a sense where it's like let's take a superhero family like the Incredibles and put them on TV and like make make a fa- a family episodic TV show. But what they did was they focused on the full house aspect. And then every once in a while, just be like, oh, no, I'm late for school. Looks like I got to use my super speed. You know, like that type of thing. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I guess I got to oh, use it. No. Now. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We got we got to move the refrigerator, Dad. I can do it with one arm. Like, yeah. you know, it's like. Well, which I mean, if that I'm OK with that, because I was just thinking there, there's a series out there and I cannot remember the name of the writer. Uh, it's It's been around for a while called Astro City. That is like basically taking like the um, the bystander viewpoint of all the heroes, right? It's like very much like I know there was a story about a hero that all he would do is dream about flying and just doing whatever he wanted, but then he'd wake up and everybody would ask him to do stuff, and it's like he couldn't just enjoy his moment of flying because he knew he had to be helping people. Like there was this burden. It's like, and that's a very human thing where it's like I just want to go have fun. Oh shit, I'm better than everybody at this. I better go do this because people are going to like. Sounds like Spider-Man. A little bit, you know, but it's like, but then you have people that would miss birthdays and, and appointments and everything because they're for the greater good, but there's human realities there, which is like Spider-Man, but it was more like, so there has been this examination of well, what it is to live in a world with heroes. You may not be one, but their their actions do directly impact you. I feel like tacking it onto something like Powerless, it almost feels like, NBC's just like no 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 we're saying DC things you should come in here yeah. oh there's the Joker's face like that doesn't wait, feel organic to wait till you yeah. watch the second episode <sighs> like when I watched the second episode I was like watching it and I'm like you could I, I feel like somebody wrote a regular workplace comedy and then they basically just went in and they're just like 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 I'll tell you right now there's there's a there's a bit in the second episode where everybody's doing a fantasy draft but it's superheroes instead of football. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's the whole thing is trying to get them to be productive around doing their fantasy football versus work. <laughs> but instead what they do is they make it about superheroes instead of football. And it's just kind of like, this sounds like an episode of something else that like the boss has a problem trying to get her employees to do something, but it's all about fantasy football. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that seems like you wrote that. And then somebody came in and said, okay, well we'll change football to superheroes. Yeah. So I just I'm just thinking like wouldn't it be like something where if you had like like a like your non traditional like single camera like sitcom like your rest of development or whatever but one of the characters just happens to be a vigilante at night and you just don't really you don't really focus on it but you just see him kind of coming in and out of the stories like sleeping all day like, it's like you know it's like but it's like what's going on with Steve over there it's like uh he's just out at night all the time he missed like, the birthday party yeah again. and it's like yeah. but it'd be one of those things where it would be funny if like there was an ancillary character that was a hero but that never really factored into the story but you always just kind of saw in the background every so often like I don't know like I feel like because you have characters in, in in these shows that are like oh he's a policeman he's a firefighter and it never directly affects what's going on but you know they go off and do heroic things i I just wonder if there's going to be i don't know i feel like there's enough stories to be told with the cape and cow but i feel like right now the, the, the rush right now is to get as many of them on the screen as possible well, and I just I don't know if that's going to if it's going to be the same story over and over again is what it feels like. It it does, and I feel like with with Powerless, you know, I hate to keep going back to the workplace comedy thing, but I feel like what happened was, uh, um, you know, they had an idea for a show, but then they were like, "Can we get some of that superhero magic in it too?" To either either pull a different audience or get somebody exposed to, uh. You know, superheroes. Yeah. Be like, hey, do you like Superstore? Be like, watch Powerless. It's just like it. 
but the Joker and Batman are talked about in it, and the Flash, and Green Lantern, and Superman. Yeah. Like, even the news reports, like, I don't know if you watched, it was the first episode with the news reports where the guy's news reporting stuff. Yeah. You're just kind of like, really? Like, when, uh, what was it? They're all sitting around, and uh, they're like, oh, Batman, Batman caught the Joker because of some some device that detects things from yeah. smell. And then everybody's just like, huh, that's so cool. Batman's got something like we have. I'm like... Really? Really? Yeah. Like it's... you can't figure out because Clark Kent has glasses on. Like, <laughs> that's, I like it was so it was so kind of on the nose with like be like uh, people can't figure easy things out about superheroes like that that it was just kind of like I don't know it didn't work for me. Yeah. So um, I hate to, I hate to downplay Powerless. I'm gonna keep watching it. I'm gonna give it a season because I, I've watched other sto- uh, shows like like I said Parks and Rec. The first season I thought was hard to watch. It wasn't that great. Like and and it's funny. I always tell people that watch Parks and Rec. I'm like, do you notice how drastically Leslie Nope changed from season one to season two? She was kind of kind of like a just she wasn't a likable character. She in the wasn't. First season. She was like she was a bad version of Michael Scott. And yeah. then I think they realized they're like, she's acting just like Steve Carell. And then they changed her, and they made her like like way better. Yeah. In the second season, I was just like, she's not doing the like the stupid, uh, stupid, awkward, quirky things. You know, she still was awkward and quirky, but it wasn't to the point where it was like eye rolling. Yeah. So, so what about something? And we'll we'll put a pin in this here in a second. But what about okay. something like the Tick? Which I mean, there's the live action Tick. Well, there's two live action Tick shows. I haven't seen the Amazon one, but the, I saw the one with uh, Putty playing the Tick, and it was like you got everybody in outfits, and it's like, but but it's more it's more like. Yeah, they all happen to have powers and abilities, but it was more about them just kind of annoying each other and just different well, things going on. And I thought it was a riot. I like, feel like I feel like that type of thing was like a like a little bit more true to true to like material where if you read the tick already or you were familiar with the tick, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, like and there it, was the it, robot that was a seventies communist robot that got reawakened and its primary target was Jimmy Carter. And somehow Jimmy Carter was in town to give like a speech and it suddenly the robot activates and has to go after Jimmy Carter and it's by by accident. And so it's like it has this 30 year old mission that the tick just happens to wander into. And it was like, I don't know, like that was just funny to me. And I like the whole thing of American Made and um, Deflator Mouse. How they are. No, sorry. Batman. Well, that's Bat- what it was. Yeah, Batman. Well, yeah, like. Yeah, like characters like that, it's like you, you if if you already like it, you'll appreciate it. But I, I really don't see like the tick, even though it is a good superhero show, I don't see it grabbing a bigger audience. Yeah, that's fair. You got it's kinda gotta be like it, it I guess like a just an acquired taste. Yeah, and I I also feel like now too, like we're not gonna see too many original like unique to TV heroes that are because it's just I feel like Do you mean like brand new stuff? Yeah, I don't think you're gonna see so yeah, much. Of everybody's that. gonna wanna get onto the be like, hey, like the cinematic universe of superheroes, if you love those, I'm like, we're using them here. Yeah. I feel like that's what Powerless was. I feel like if if um if DC and Marvel hadn't been uh box office uh, monsters, then they may have greenlit this workplace comedy of Powerless and still made it superhero related, but just came up, came up with their own original content. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, I feel like it still would have been the same thing. But then, like, and, and so we, we, we've not even mentioned um, Legion, which we've not seen. I've yeah, not seen I haven't watched Legion yet. And no, I know no, that's more set in, like, this guy is mentally ill, and is it more, like, is it, well, is, it, is, it, is that bothering him, or is the fact that these powers are emerging? They did, um... And- they did a they did an X Men TV show, didn't they? Was it uh, uh, Jenner? Was Generation, Generation X? X? They did a pilot that was a TV movie. Yeah, and I remember liking it a lot of the time because I'm like, this is the closest I'll get to X Men live action. Yeah, and it's like you had, um, I want to say if I remember right, 
you had Banshee in it, like the actual, like he was the leader, like he was one of the, the teachers. And I want to say White Queen was also, or maybe I'm mixed up with the comics, but they had like the teenagers that were all trying to deal with, yeah. with their powers. And it's like, but they also had very budget limited powers, but it was, it was a Fox made for TV movie. They're like, what can you do? I can make gold balls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's gold balls. No, like the one chick, I think her name was called Buff and she could just get like super muscular. And it was like, that's weird. You know, it was a weird thing, you know? And, and the whole thing is that she felt like that because her power was more like, like masculine that like that people were like upset by it was like a weird type of like identity thing you know? i've never like, watched it that yeah. does sound weird and, and buff sounds like a terrible watch people name. are gonna link this and be like paul you got that completely wrong and it's like the what was i thinking of i don't know <laughs> but I, so over the years ever since like even the early super superhero superman serials of the tv show um they, they've always been trying to do this they've always trying to find that niche and I, I just I feel like now because of the success of the movies, you're right that we're going to get more and more of this. I I'm about it. Like I'm I'm excited, but it's like I just wonder if we're going to get to the point to where like oh well that's just a superhero show as opposed to what is this one trying to say? And with the CW greenlighting everything, and I've liked everything they've put out so far, but they're going to hit one. There's going to be a roadblock at some point. There was going to be like, that was a waste. It's going to blow up their universe, yeah. you know. And I don't know what's going to happen. Everybody's waiting for that to happen in Marvel too. Yeah, everybody's just like, is this going to be the one? The one that everybody's just like, what the hell? <laughs> and then, and then Warner Brothers is like, well, if we could just have one hit, then people right. will be like, oh yeah, oh poor Warner Brothers. I, I again, why is their TV so successful and their movies not? I don't understand why that is. And then Marvel has good movies, and I will argue Agents of Shield only stuck around the first season because. They, they were trying to get people more invested in the cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. And then, then the show got better because that first season I wasn't liked, that great. I like how they tie in the cinematic universe to the TV show. Like yeah. they, they do it subtly enough where it's just they mention stuff or like, God, even when they had uh, Jamie Alexander play Sif in a couple episodes, yeah. that, that was pretty cool. You got Sif, you know? Yeah. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, if we feel like we're getting to the point of like everybody, like I'm sure that our podcast has a superhero show spinoff coming soon that we don't know about. Yeah. Like, you know, um, there's going to get someone a lot more attractive to play me in that show. But anyway, let's let it, let us know on our Facebook page. It's, uh, and we also have our website invasion of the podcast. Uh, give us some feedback. We have an email address invading podcast, gmail.com. Uh, if there's other superhero things that we didn't ad address that are shows that we didn't think about to cover, like mention that if there's something that breaks the genre a little bit that we didn't, we weren't uh, cognizant of. Yeah, because I feel like there's probably some other stuff out there. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. There's then, a lot of things yeah. I forgot. Like, uh, like I totally forgot about Birds of Prey, and I forgot about that Generation X movie. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that they'll they'll do it for for that. And now we're on to our, our holiday themed game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> And the holiday is Valentine's Day is coming up this week, and, and that is a very aggressive game playing for Valentine's Day. Yeah, it was it's like, time to play the, the game of love. All right. Love. So I asked Joe to come up with five people uh, from pop culture, and I'm going to go on dates with them. And I'm, I got five people for Joe he's going to go on dates with. And the, the challenge is just off the top of your head, like, oh, you're going to pick them up at the doorstep. You got to have a gift for them. You're going to take them out someplace to dinner, and then you're going to have an activity. So you got to have a date. So that that's what's going to be. So okay, all right. Did you want to go first, or I can go first? Uh, I I'll go first. Okay. So 
Yeah. Oh, do I give you somebody? Oh, yeah, you give me somebody. Oh, okay. Uh, I have the your first date is Mave from Westworld. Mave from Westworld. Mave. Mave oh, from Westworld. Oh, all right. So, I don't know if I could take her out of the park uh, without her self detonating. So, so we might have not, to yeah. might have to stay on the date in in the park. Um, I feel like where would I take her because she runs a brothel and she's also self aware. Um, what I would bring her is I would bring her. Um, a book about the 20th century with updated photos so that way she could see what's all happened <laughs> since the time of Sweetwater because she knows she lives in a fantasy but she may not know exactly how much of it like look there's cars there's this there's this you know and she'll be excited for that so uh, and then I'll take her out for some Thai food I'll find a Thai place because I don't think they have too many in Sweetwater and it'd be like that's different and exotic yeah and then for an event um, like go do something uh you know, I think you know what I think I take her to one of those uh, uh, paint and wine places where you paint and you oh, drink yeah. wine, and just see if she could come up with something. And then, and then I'd be like, "What's that picture?" She's like, "It looks like nothing to me." And yeah. I'm like, "Oh, she paints the maze." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 what we would do. Doesn't It'd look be like lovely. anything to me at all. And then and then um, I w- she would ask me to kill her at the end so she can go back and get rebooted, maybe, or to get back to the glass wall place. Did you see the funnier die video with uh, Billy Crystal and uh, Daniel? Um, oh, what's his name? Daniel Stern, where they're playing the characters from um, City Slickers, but they're in Westworld. <laughs> no, like, you haven't seen that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's like they're, they're just like kind of griping at each other, and Billy Crystal keeps shooting Daniel Stern because <laughs> they're both they're both hosts. Um, I, I really want to watch this. Yeah, now. it's, it's think, actually pretty yeah, funny. That sounds hilarious. All right, so I'm going to give you for your first one. I'll give you Pam Poovy from Archer. Oh, Pam. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. Obviously, uh, I will, I would bring again, I bring Pam cocaine. Um, cause <laughs> she likes cocaine. She does like cocaine. Um, and then as far as dinner, God, I, I guess, I guess, I don't know. Pam can eat. So, well, she likes shellfish, but she's allergic to them. Yeah. She has to have an EpiPen nearby, but she loves shellfish. So I guess we would, we would get some EpiPens and, uh, <laughs> I guess hit up a red lobster and then, um, I mean, we would probably just keep that going, and then maybe find like a nice place to go swim with the dolphins. Because she's got that that um uh, the, the hand the, the HR puppet, or or actually, I know that'd be kind of hard up here. So depending on where we went, uh, we could go do like uh, like a pit fight or something. There you go. I like I that. Think a pit fight would be better. Just for the pain. best of money on her if she's all coked up and full of yeah. shellf- shellfish. So all right. Uh, your second date is uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Well, I am sure that. She, her her conversation would only be focused on one thing, so I'd, I'd have to bring her. I think I would bring her, um, like uh, a box set of like something that Mark Hamill did, so that way she's still you know, thinking about Mr. J. <laughs> uh, and then we go out. Oh, I think I'd go to Chuck E. Cheese for for dinner because it's crazy enough, and she can just whack things. Mm-hmm. And you know, then, oh yeah, the whack a mole. Yeah, yep. And then for an activity, um, you know. Maybe some couples therapy to see how like just like I, I would role play a little or bit how as that a, would work as out. a joker to try to help her work some, through some stuff. She's just a crazy therapist. I wonder if that wouldn't work on her. Yeah, because I don't know what else I would take her out like other than like maybe to like um like a I don't want to say a Renaissance fair because she's supposed to be kind of like a where's that that outfit but that's not quite right either. So I don't know. Yeah, take her to a Will Smith movie. She'd be like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's okay. Doesn't really pull to the box office. Harley though. Quinn's kind of a tough one. It's also a scary one. Yeah, uh, I would. Um, if she ain't gonna kill you. The Joker probably will. That's true. I'd probably end the date early because you just never know. Yeah, yeah. And then I would move. 
<laughs> I would be like, let's go to Arkham. No, you don't want to go to Arkham. All right. Uh, all right. I'll give you April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I would... Uh, oh, what would I bring April? <laughs> pizza. You well, that's what pizza. We'll, oh, okay, we, yeah. we would go out yeah. for pizza. Um, I don't know. That's a good one. <laughs> I got actually, stuck. actually, no. I w- I would bring I w- I would bring. Uh, oh, I I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good Irish gift. Potatoes. <laughs> like, I don't know. Sure, she's an O'Neill. Yeah, right? she's yeah. an O'Neill. So yeah. she's she's clearly Irish because she's got she's got red hair and. I just bring her like a bottle of vitamin D because she's always in the sewer, so she needs to probably you know. True. Yeah. Maybe maybe some Febreze. <laughs> yeah, but I, that's a good idea. Bring her some Febreze. We'd go out for pizza, obviously, because I mean I'm pretty sure she's pretty much used to eating that and nothing else. Uh, and then for an activity, we would go uh, shopping at the mall for some new outfits. Yeah, and be like, just get rid of that yellow thing yeah. that you've been wearing no, the entire time. No, stop going over to the jumpsuits. <laughs> stop it. Yeah, all right. So who do you got all for right. me? Uh, so the third person I had was Chun-Li. Chun-Li. All right. Um, well, I mean, she's... From uh, Street what, Fighter. What would, I, what would I bring her? Um, a gift card to Lady Foot Locker. Because she does go through shoes often. She probably does go through a lot of yeah. shoes. Um, and I think uh, we would go, man, uh, I would I would say a Mongolian barbecue just because like you can choose whatever you want and there's a lot of getting up and moving around. I feel like she's a very, very just active person because, I mean, she does that, was it the 100, 100 crane kick or whatever? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I'm, and also if I took her with me and then she could knock everybody out of the way of where they make the food. So then we would be getting all the Mongolian barbecue we want. And then for an activity, we go out dancing and I'd probably die. Yeah, you probably would die if you yeah. dance with Chun-Li. Yeah. Like I could, I could picture her on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah. Because so. I think she's already wearing an outfit from Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right. there you go. All right. So who, who, who do we I got get? next? All right. Now, now it starts to get a little strange. Right. Yeah. My next two are going to be kind of weird. <laughs> Oh, I don't know who to give you next here. Okay, um, Samus from Metroid. No, oh, she was uh, she was one of the Bachelorettes last year. Oh, okay. So, all right. So, um, oh, what would I bring? What would I bring, Samus? Uh, that's tough. What do you What do you bring an intergalactic bounty hunter? Uh, you know what? I'd probably bring Samus as some rockets because she could always use rockets. Yeah, yeah I mean, she or, runs or out like of- a plant for her house, like just like a house plant, so it doesn't take that much. You know, maintenance because she's not there. Well, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, she would have. To, but I feel like that's one of the things in Metroid that I was always looking for was rockets. rockets so <laughs> she needs rockets. Um, I feel like uh, like we go out to dinner. Um, I'm not sure what Samus would eat. Like, I'm sure we would probably I'd recommend she pick a place just because I'm I'm sure she's she's from outer space. So there's probably some weird space crap. I'd say a sushi place because everything there looks like it would belong in Metroid. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But she might be tired of Metroids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then um, for an activity, uh, I, I would say we could go play like soccer or basketball. <laughs> so. Would she turn into a ball mm-hmm. and then be like, yep. hey, uh, so would you kick her or would you? Would she just use the bombs? And, and I feel like she would like use the bombs. Okay. Or I would kick her. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't matter. She's in power armor. Okay. okay I really fair. don't think I that think I could. I could just kick in the Samus. Yeah. All right. All right, so who do you have for me? All right, so the next person I have is Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Nice, I like it. All right, so uh, we would go... Ronald uh, McDonald. Ronald McDonald. Uh, well, clearly we'd be in Philadelphia because that's the only place he knows. Yeah. Uh, we would go... I'd say go get some fight milk, but that stuff's disgusting. <laughs> but what, what would I bring him? 
I think I would bring him. Um, I think I'd bring him a matching gi. We wear matching gis all night, so oh, that nice. way we could go um, go do karate later. Because I know that's what like the ultimate what would happen is we go do karate together um, alone. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means, but for dinner. Um, I go to that same restaurant that they always go to in the show, the fancy restaurant that you get kicked out of. I don't yeah. know why they keep getting let back in there, <laughs> but I would go and we would have a nice meal without interruption. And then we'd go all nothing, we'd, nothing where he'd see Charlie across the room or, or Dave, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. And then, and then we go do karate together. Nice. I like that. that is, whoosh, 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 whoosh. Yeah. And then maybe go see Thunder Gun Express. Um, or right. Lethal Weapon 6. Sex, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> All right, so I got two more for you, but I uh, so I wrote down, and I in your, the moment I say this, you're gonna be like, "Nope, next person." Uh, Prairie from the OA. <laughs> you're you lucky. Wrote that down? Yes, oh, you're getting it too. Oh, as then, soon as I drop her off. <laughs> no, okay. All right, so so no. you wrote that down. You're going yeah, to try. You're going to try. You're going to try to get me. Okay, right there. Yep, I, I see it. I didn't even write down Prairie. That's not her name. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> not her name. Is the OA? OA. Uh, so I really thought I was going to surprise I'm you. Trying to think of a legitimate thing to like bring her. Um, a screenwriting book, how to write a screenplay, like uh, uh, you know, or a, a bunch. Oh, of- I would bring her. I would bring her a a seeing eye dog. <laughs> Just in case she almost gets killed again. Yeah, I'd say I'd bring her and she like loses six her sight. more shitty wolf sweaters from uh, Costco because right. she likes those. Uh, we would obviously go out to eat at the Olive Garden because <laughs> it's not already super awkward when you go to the Olive Garden with the LA. Yeah. Uh, and then as far as an event, um, I feel like we would let uh, somebody kidnap us and then not try to get away. <laughs> yeah. So, so. Uh, okay, but, I, I would I would also agree with the Olive Garden, and then I would pay for somebody to get slapped right in front of us, just because that's what you do there. And then I think for um, we would go see uh, an improv troupe that sometimes breaks out in a dance. <laughs> I think that's what we would do. Yeah, I, I, that would have been a, actually I should have done an interpretive dance, like the interpretive there. dance troupe. What, interpretive is that even a troupe. thing? I hope that's not a thing. I don't know. All right. Anyway. Yeah. No, I did have the OA. Okay. All right. So that's then. Funny. Um, then I'll remove one of mine because I feel like uh, so. Oh, the only five I have, I think we're in. The I, I, well, no, I know I have your. Oh. I came up. That one was supposed to be my joke one, but then you actually had it. I so. actually had it. Yeah. So um, I'm I, so excited. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that shows you why we get along. They were yeah. just like, oh, I'm gonna try to screw him with try, that. <laughs> try and make him go on the OA. I was gonna write down Laurel Lance again, but I figured that would be that's a dead horse that we keep beating. Uh, yeah, because yeah. like after she died, like on the show, like like uh, like a year or two ago. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, she hasn't really been a problem yeah. and I quit watching the show. So it doesn't bother me. All right. So, um, I did write down Jar Jar Banks, but I'll give you the last one here. The last one is Ron Swanson from Parks and Rec. What would you do? Oh man. Ron Swanson. See, uh, I figured this would be like, this would this, it, this would be fun. Yeah. Uh, so obviously I would bring Ron. Um, there's so many things I would bring Ron, uh, <laughs> And I'm, I'm going like, to man crush like, right like now. all of the eggs and bacon? All of the eggs and bacon. Um, I would actually bring Ron a bottle of Lagavulin 18-year, because that is also one of my favorite scotches. Uh, and then for dinner, clearly we would go somewhere with breakfast food, maybe a Denny's. Or um, like a steakhouse. A steakhouse. We would probably hit up a steakhouse. Uh, and then for a... Um, uh, 
an event. I want to say an event. Event. It would be an event to hang event. out with Ron Swanson. Event. Uh, we would go into the woods, uh, cut down a tree, and make it into a canoe from there scratch. There you go. I like it. So. That's uh, that. That's a good evening. So yeah. All right. Anyway, that's that's our that's our ideas of love. I guess I don't know what <laughs> yeah. that means. Um, I'm right. sorry that I made you go out on a date with the OA. Uh, I'm not I, sorry. And then I got Ron Swanson. <laughs> well, I had Jar Jar Binks. I was like, what are we going to do with Jar Jar Binks? I didn't know. That I, I was going to give that to you too, but I just, you know, I think I like you too much not to give you the Jar-Jar? OA and Jar Jar. I don't know what I would take Jar Jar on. Yeah. Try um, not drown him. <laughs> it's like I, I brought you a ladies razor that's also a communicator right um, right so all right that's gonna do it for us this week uh again hit, please 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 uh hit us up on our our, um, our website it's evasion the podcast.com we have our facebook page uh you can reach us at evading podcast at gmail we do have a patreon account meaning that if you guys like what we do uh you could please go to patreon.com find evasion the podcast and support us um we we do love bringing you the show uh there are costs that are associated with it that um you know we've been doing this for almost two years it would it would be nice to start to try to you know get get a little bit more break even you know so yeah we had to pay for the server not trying to not trying to shill here but you know it it does add up so uh if you go in there right now our rewards are are a little small because we have some small goals, but you guys have pledged a dollar a month. I will send you a sticker and a letter thanking you. If you pledge $5, you get to pick a wheel of death, like straight up. You can give me six movies. We'll wheel it out. Um, that this, this is your opportunity to be really terrible people. Call you out on the show. Yeah. Really terrible Talk people. About, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, if you're, if you're going to wheel a death us, make sure that we can like, it is Netflix or at least we're able to find the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like don't give us anything crazy. Uh, like well, well, we we recently watched some bad movies, and I think, <laughs> well, I I think, no, they were fun to watch, but I think uh, I think it would, those type of movies would be hard to find. Yeah, on a short notice. Um, well, surprisingly, the ones I did find. So I had uh, real quick. I had instead of a Super Bowl party, I had a Super Bro party, where we're watching like '80s action movies, and that kind of started turning into shitty '80s action movies. Uh, and I like we had uh, Invasion USA, Jim Cotta, and then another film called Dangerous Men that was made through the 80s and finished in 2005. Look it up. It is a train wreck, but it's one of those ones that by sheer force of will got completed and it kind of breaks you to watch it a little bit. Um, and I and I subjected Joe to that and also Jim Cotta, which he'd never heard of before. Um, so anyway, but yeah, you get the chance. Pick a wheel. We'll, we'll run it and we'll talk about it on the show. Uh, we're also going to offer some uh, exclusive content for people that are our Patreon supporters. Um, I think we're going to do our year of the Western that way. And then I think we're also going to maybe be talking some black mirror asides. That'd be fun. Yeah. So, so please, please, please support us. Also, you can find us on uh, Google music, uh, iTunes and stitcher. If you could be so kind as to leave us uh, nice reviews there, it would be greatly appreciated next week. We're going to be talking the Santa Clarita diet show uh, on netflix yeah so check that out if you don't want any spoilers it's only 10 episodes and they're the half hour 22 minute half hour episodes uh yeah. it's a zomedy yeah it's uh drew barrymore and um timothy oliphant Tim- Tim- yeah yeah uh so which amazing chemistry on that show good i was like, worried and like it was so funny because like i was watching it and i'm trying i was thinking to myself i'm like i haven't seen timothy oliphant anything in forever and i'm like this dude's pretty good okay like i've never seen him do comedy he's always been like in an action role or like when he was in deadwood yeah and it was just it was pretty funny so yeah we'll be we'll be watching that talking about it uh next week and then uh some other good stuff coming down the line too so anyway i have a have a safe week um yeah, I, I was going to end nothing funny to add there. Just be safe. Let's have a good week. Yep. Um, that's it. All right. So I'll All talk right. to you guys later.